the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show, the date day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, questions on the Bible, questions about life, questions pretty much about whatever's on your heart. We'll do the best we can. Today, however, is special. Today is special because Paula is live in studio with me. So, ladies, this is a day that we set aside especially for you. Uh, If you have any questions or you need any encouragement, today would be the day to call, 340-9585. That's area code 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send them in to us that way. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. It'll come up. There's a call now banner. You hit that. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer, 340-9585. Welcome to your show again. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Happy New Year, everybody. It's just January 3rd, but it's 2019. What happened? <laughs> I just thought about that. You know how you, when you write stuff, and you, you know, I'm, it's been 12-something, 18 for a long time, and all of a sudden, when I, on my paper the other day at church, you know, my note paper, I went, one, two, 18, scribble, scribble. It's the it's 2019. So anyway, happy new year to everybody. Well, I've told you this before, Paula, but it seems to me I can remember Y2K, all the doomsdayers and everything is going to break and we're going to be lost and the computer age is going to be gone, all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it was yesterday. I know. We've been here 23 and a half years. Yeah. And, and that seems like yesterday. And here it is. We wake up and we're the only ones in our church who hasn't gotten older, hasn't changed. Well, I was getting ready to say, that's what they used to say. As you get older, it seems like time just goes by faster. So I think we've arrived. We're older. I I, I think it, a lot has to do with this radio program. That we're older? No, no just the, the <laughs> time, time, time going fast. Oh, yeah. Just because it's one day is, hey, welcome to a brand new week. And then yeah. it seems like, bye. Yeah. See you next week. I know. <laughs> and now <laughs> see you next year. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, every Friday you say, We've come to the end of another week, and I'm like, man, how did that happen? It was just Monday. So, anyway. Yeah, I, I woke up on January 2nd. Okay. Praise you, God. And, and, you started, <laughs> and you started talking about the, your women's retreat and yeah. the plans that you have <laughs> Wait a minute. I know. We're already in March. Yeah, I know, because by the time January hits, I don't know what happens to February. And then it's women's retreat. So, I'm going to tell them right now. Okay, Registration for our, <laughs> for our women's retreat starts 
on January 13th, not this coming Sunday, the 6th, but the, the following Sunday, the meeting for, you know, our retreat committees and stuff is this coming Monday. It's already here. And so my new normal, yes, <laughs> it's just fast-tracked, but I'm very excited. Yesterday on the radio program, you had a, a question about... Well, before you do that, why don't you give... You might as well give the date so people can plan if they want to... Oh, that's true. For the, for the women's retreat. Yeah, and I, I was going to do that anyway. But um, it's March 7th through the 9th, so it's a Thursday evening, all day, Friday, and then we're done by noon on Saturday, so... Because we, we don't like to miss church. Yeah, so we're, we're always back in time for church, and it's at... Um, the Camp Buckner in Burdick, Texas. Burdick, Texas. I like saying that. Um, and so, but anyway, now to my other thing. You were talking about the elderly kind of being left out at church, or seemingly so. Well, not here. No, not me. The question was, okay, what's the role of the elder in church? And that was in yesterday's show, I oh, think. Yeah, yeah, it was yesterday's okay. show. Mm-hmm. I'm older, but I remember it was just yesterday. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I asked the elderlies, the elderlies, that's the 50 plusers to make themselves available. You know, how at, at church, we have the pastors of ship class people, <clears throat> excuse me, come up for a prayer to stand with people when they get saved or if they need prayer for anything. And so I, I, I tell the older ladies in that class, you guys get up these younger Girls, they need you. They need to see, one, um, that you're older, of course, but your joy and your perseverance, your trust in the Lord, and look how far he's brought you. And so they need to see that. And so um, I'm really a stickler, and some of the ones listening to this radio program know that because I'll say, why are you not registered for the retreat? Well, it's not my thing. Or, you know, it's too much walking or whatever, um, but we all need you there. I need you there because I can't, I'm the, probably one of the older people at the retreat other than Kuka, 90-something. <laughs> she's always there. Yeah. If she has, if she's going to be there, she has breath. She's going to be there, and she's always ministering. Um, but the, the younger and the not-so-youngers, need us to be there so we can say been there done that and so can you you know paul i hadn't made this connection until just now but i've been talking uh in the the, the list of 10 things for uh, uh, a better 2019 mm-hmm. uh, in our walk with jesus um one of the things that we've got to communicate to to the elderly in our church and you said the 50s and up mm-hmm. you know we we call the 50s kids but, yeah. but, but um you, you know you've got to stay fit enough be healthy enough and have enough energy to keep serving you know we want to serve the lord mm-hmm. But we can't serve the Lord on our terms. So if to serve Jesus, we have to be where his people are. And so if somebody who says, well, it's not my thing. Nobody in this planet <laughs> hates retreats more than me. <laughs> Camp Buckner is a very, very nice place. Mm-hmm. But there's bugs there. Mm-hmm. And, and there's still dirt. It's nature. Yeah, it's nature. And, and, and for <laughs> me, that's way out of my comfort zone. Uh-huh. Um, and I go, um, and I go because that's where the people that need to be served are. And we've got to stop thinking, especially as we get older, we've got to stop thinking about, well, you know, that's not my thing, or those aren't the kind of places I like to go. Um, you know, I've got my own habits and ways of doing things. Uh, and and when we when we take that approach, we're, we're saying to Jesus, well, um, you know, I've been telling you I want to serve you better and serve you more, but, but I'm not going to do it now. And we've got to understand, serving is a sacrifice. We have to step outside of ourselves. We've had this conversation with so many of the people here. Mm-hmm. Um, there are younger women who need the older ladies. They just, just, you know what, honey, you're going to make it. Yeah. You're going to make it. I'm 60, I'm 70, Kuka, I'm 92, whatever. <laughs> but but you're going to make it. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. Let me share with you the things that God has done in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, 
if we take the approach that, well, I'm uncomfortable in those situations, we're disqualifying ourselves from serving, which means we're disqualifying ourselves from rewards that God wants to present us with when we get to heaven and stand with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that we, we take a view of serving uh, regardless of what age we are as understanding that it requires sacrifice. And retreats are just one way to get to get a young woman who's really struggling in a marriage or uh, who's struggling as a mother uh, to pull her aside, sit down in one of those rocking chairs and just talk for mm-hmm. 30 minutes or an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a wonderful ministry opportunity that too often goes missed. Yeah. You know, uh, we're always telling maybe the younger people, hey, get over yourself. Older people, we need to get over ourselves. Same thing, um, because we were younger once, and I remember um, this lady says, you know, I want you to come to the retreat, and I remember how poor I was at that time, and I said, well, I'm not sure I can afford it, you know, kind of thing, not not asking her for money or anything like that. Um, I don't know if I can afford it. You know, my husband's in Bible college, and I'm working and stuff like that, So, but I really, I want to go, and I'm going to try. So I remember um, the, the day I, I had saved $5, and I'm going to make my first payment and I went to pay my $5, and the lady who had invited me said, somebody already took care of your retreat thing. And, it, you know, and I asked her, did you pay for me? Because I did not. And she said, it wasn't me. I was like, oh, my goodness. That's because it was Jesus. Yeah. You know, yeah. working through somebody. Mm-hmm. But, but see, we, we've got to be able to see God do things like that for us. Um, in this context of the question, Uh, about the role of the elderly in the church. Um, If we stop serving, we literally start dying. And, um, you know, we can't ask God to do stuff. We can't ask him to hear our prayers if we're not willing to be used to answer those prayers. And so it's it's really important that that the, the, the role of the elderly in the New Testament church is just as vital today as it was a very long time ago. People lived to be a much older age than they did in the first century church. But people who were in their 50s and 60s then, that was on the verge of death. <laughs> and 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 yet, um, those are the people that, that it can be said they persevered. Yeah. You know, um, especially the first night we have, like, room roommates get to know one another, and I, I usually put the more... Um, aged ones who've been around and who know the Lord in charge so that they can kind of make sure the conversation doesn't get out of hand, um, that if if something is said incorrect, they can, with grace and God's word, correct what's said. And also, like what you're saying, notice who's really struggling, that they could take that one or those two under their wings not only at the retreat, but when they come back here. Um, because it, the retreat is, again, life-changing for so many. And like you're saying, we want to we want to uh, minister. We want to be used. And, I mean, what better way? So the retreat is coming. God, God enables us. All we have to do is be available. Be available. Let's go to a phone call. Charles on line one from San Antonio. Charles, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. I'm a father. I just wanted to call. Nice. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to call and say Happy New Year, and, and I appreciate everything y'all do, and I love y'all, and I will see y'all on Sunday. Thank you, Charles. God bless you. <laughs> Give Laura a kiss for us. <laughs> bye-bye. Okay, bye. bye-bye. See, that, that's, I, I love new believers. Mm-hmm. Charles is a... Uh, a man, young by my standards, mm-hmm. but, but he's not a kid, mm-hmm. um, who uh, he and his wife uh, came in just, um, I don't know, two, three, four weeks ago and got saved. And he's been like that ever since. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Appreciate the call, Charles. Thank you very, very much. Go on where you were, Paul. Okay. So anyway, sign up for the women's retreat. Our meeting to get organized is on this coming Monday. At seven o'clock, and um, I'm excited. the The theme is glory 
from Psalm 104, verse 31, I think it is. It's been a while since I looked at it, but um, yeah, so it's going to be fun. <clears throat> Last night's study, Pastor Ron, in, in it, um, in Isaiah chapter 1, that's where we are, and you only got to verse... 18, thinking you're going to get the whole chapter right. <laughs> Actually, you finished I, I verse 17. Help, I can't help it. I talk too much. No, it's a long chapter. And if you had uh, chopped it, you know, try to do the whole thing, we would have been, like, missing a lot of the good, good juicy stuff. So no problem. I'm looking forward to, you know, verse 18 through, because verse 18, come now, Jesus speaking, uh, let us settle the matter. Uh, though your sins are less scarlet. They can be as white as snow. Um, so that's, that's the New Living Translation? This is NIV. Oh, I should put it no, to no, NLT. That's not NIV. NIV is no. uh, come let us reason together. Um, this is that newer oh, okay. version, which we don't really care for, yeah. so I'm putting okay. it on. Yeah, the come English. let us reason together. But I like I like that. I mean, that's a good point in the context. Come let's settle this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in the NLT, it says, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. If you will only obey me. I, I, I prefer the, the translation, let us come, let us reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be, because we forget sometimes that what we believe is reasonable. And God is dealing with us. Um, not reasonably, because if he was dealing with us reasonably, according to 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 what makes sense, mm-hmm. he'd just stone us and <laughs> Start know, over. find somebody else who'd do <laughs> yeah. better. Um, but but what he's saying is, look, um, you're guilty of all these things, of the, the phony religion, going through the motions, pretending. I'm going to culturalize this for the radio show, pretending that that you're a Christian, you know, you're faithful in attendance at church, but really all you do is sit there and then you go out and sin and do what you want to do and you count on church to save you. You know, uh, well, I'm doing all the religious things you want me to do. And Jesus says, I hate those things. Mm-hmm. And and it, it, it leaves, and that's why I didn't want to quit where I did last night because it sort of leaves us like in the, the, the lurch of hopelessness. And then he says, now let's you and I sit on reason together. Wash and be clean. Mm-hmm. Let me forgive you. Mm-hmm. Let me give you new life. Mm-hmm. And and he's so measured in that reasonability that there isn't any of us that ought to do anything other than fall on our face and worship him as a result. I, I uh, Tomorrow night, Paul, as you know, we're, we're beginning um, our Friday night studies in the book of Hebrews. And tomorrow night I'm only going to do three verses. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 1, there's first three verses, we meet a Jesus who is extraordinarily reasonable and infinitely powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Isaiah is just saying, look, so you've blown it. Let's, let's change things. Let's get right and stay right. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, then all will go well with you. You and I will be together. Yeah. You left us really well, Pastor Ron. Don't worry. Don't worry about your little flock, sir. You said for the next time, for us, between now and next Wednesday, for us to take personal responsibility. And as Jesus is saying, come now, let us reason together. You said, sit down and talk with him. That's on us. So you left us. Yeah, you you talked all about the accusation, but you left us with the one who provides the solution. But we gotta we gotta go and ask. He's not gonna just Let me ask you from your perspective, Paul, why do you think it is that so many uh, who sit in the church week after week after week and I've said it on this program before and of course my church has heard it a bunch. I personally believe that half the people that sit in Christian churches in this country aren't born again. I know. I believe that with all of my heart. You see no change in their life. You see no evidence of a real encounter with Jesus Christ. They keep talking the same way they did before. They hang with the same people doing the same things and yet they're faithful in church attendance. Why is it from your perspective that people would bother to come to church when there's been no change in their lives, do they think they're fooling God? Do they think he can't see? I mean, they can fool you and they can fool me. Mm -hmm. But do they think that they can fool God? 
sometimes, well, not sometimes, this is what you say. Sin is insane. And so, yes, I think we think we can fool God. Um, I'm, like you said earlier, I'm coming to church. I used to be like that. I'm going to church. I'm doing all the right things when I was so mad that you weren't getting saved. You know, <laughs> I was telling God, you know, hey, I'm doing all the right things. Where are you? With that attitude, with me praying this, God, kill him with the Mack truck. What kind of, that's not, <laughs> there's no evidence of really decent, yeah. juicy fruit there. You know, if it was a pet, you'd say, put the pet out of the misery. Mm-hmm. What you were saying, kill him, put me out of put my misery. Put me out of my yeah. misery, yeah, with him gone. But that's, you know, that's why sometimes I question, was I even saved then? But going to church, serving, I, I, you know, I'm on the worship team. I'm cleaning in the restrooms. I'm doing all that stuff. And me accusing God of not being, that's in part of my testimony, accusing God of really not being that good because he wasn't making my life better. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of people come to church because we know it's the right thing to do. Like we have a lot of people whose children are in our free Christian academy who don't come to church except for the two times a month so they can have their kids at a free school. And so we all know what is the right thing, the best thing, but... We don't want to wash ourselves and be clean. As God says, get your sins out of my sight and give up your evil ways. We don't want to give up those evil ways. You know, I can't imagine. Uh, obviously, you've heard me teach for all these years. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm about as direct as it's possible to be. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine what somebody with no intention of changing their life as a result of having met Jesus. I can't imagine why they would keep coming back. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with religion. You said this last night. um, We count on God's grace to forgive us. So we know we're going to sin. Okay, so uh, I'm sure a lot of people on on New Year's Eve night call themselves Christians, but they were tore up drunk, got in the car, drove home, praise God if they didn't hurt somebody. But when they got home, you know, Super Bowl Sunday's coming. Uh, That's the worst day for spousal abuse every year. How many Christian men are beating up their wives on Super Bowl Sunday and still had just gone to church earlier that day? We're just (laughs) sinful people. If you believe the news reports, most of them are playing in the game. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But, but sin is insane, and we just want to think we're, we're okay. Yeah. And, and we're doing a marriage conference uh, next week, not this week, but next week yeah. uh, in, in uh, the Dallas area. Yeah. And that's one of the, the, the things I want to communicate to the men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming to a marriage conference, uh, hoping that God fixes your wife, is not a sign that you're a Christian, that you yeah. really know Jesus. Yeah. That things have to change. Mm-hmm. And to come week after week... And sort of take that spiritual whooping. Now, you know, I never raise my voice. I don't have, um, um, I, I certainly don't, don't speak ill of people. Um, but, but I want people to get serious about Jesus mm-hmm. and not just go through the religious motions. And the religious motions are killer. It's mm-hmm. why I hate religion so mm-hmm. very, very much. Um, it, it gives people the impression that, well, because I go to church, um, I'm okay with God. Yeah. yeah. The divorce rate in the church is the same as it is in the world. And you keep saying this from the pulpit, the, the problem with pornography in the church, that just doesn't, they don't, those two things shouldn't be in the same sentence with the Christian and that every men's retreat in, and you never give me names, of course, and I wouldn't want that anyway. Um, Cause then I'd be like, worse judging people than I am already. But anyway, um, but that many men stand up and they say they struggle. It's, it's, it's okay if it's a real struggle and they're not using it as a crutch. I got a struggle and I'm not doing anything about it. And year after year, yeah, and I it's, have a, that it's a fine line we have to walk because we want people to repent and get right with God. Sure. Come, let us reason together. Yes. Though your sins are as scarlet, they may be white as snow. Yeah. On the other hand, um, it can't be because you fell under the conviction in a room full of men. And our retreats are a safe place where nobody's going to go out talking. You should have seen what he said or what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but the idea is 
is, you, you know what, I've come here to meet Jesus. And as I say over and over and over, when you have an encounter with Jesus, mm-hmm. you are the one that gets changed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand, well, I'm weak in this area or mm-hmm. I'm struggling with it. He doesn't understand any of that. It's never okay. What he wants you to do uh, when, when you have an encounter with Jesus is to learn to hate your sin so that he can love on you. Yeah. You know, if our sin separates us from God, then, then we don't benefit from his infinite love. Yeah. And what he wants us to do is to love on us 24-7. And he can't, we, we prohibit him from doing that yeah. if, in fact, we're, we're going to continue in our sin. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And still, I mean, you know, there's physical abuse in the church. There's verbal abuse. And you know what? Sometimes, especially with men, just meanness, unkindness. Yeah. And these things should never be. Uh-uh. What's her fault? No, it's not yours. No. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the Date Day Show. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We will be back on the other side of the break. See you in two. To the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program. We have 30 minutes for your calls and questions. All you have to do is call. Paula, what's next? Well, I have a little introduction for you, Pastor Ron. In 1987, (laughs) Aretha Franklin was the first woman entering into the Rock Hall of Fame. Today, it was on this day in 1987. And it just so happens, <laughs> I was thinking about something. It's resolved. And so I'm going to do this like this. R-E-S-L-O-V-E. Resolve, baby. But that's not the song she sang. Yeah, I know. But you've been teaching here recently about resolve um, (laughs) to have a better 2019. Um, And so resolve, I looked it up. It says to decide firmly on a course of action, determine, make up one's mind. And um, that Isaiah 116, where it says, wash yourselves and be clean, get your sins out of my sight, give up your evil ways, Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. And so that's my resolve for a better 2019. But you also gave us those 10 things. And I'm so excited about that study, Ron, that I took a picture of my notes. (laughs) And so, because I don't keep my little notebook with me all the time, but it's on my phone. So when I talk with people, I'll be able to say, here, let me show you. I can I can ensure that you're going to have a better 2019 if you and I will walk this walk together. Let me tell you, first one, resolve. And I have four of them highlighted just for myself, not trying to be selfish, but you did already go through these um, a couple of days on the show. But resolve, Paula, to look in instead of looking outward. Um, you know, accepting personal responsibility without blame shifting for the condition of my life. You know, my dad died and he did before my 12th birthday. He was the caregiver of my family. And then I'm stuck with that, that mother that I had who wasn't very nice woman. And so (laughs) I've grown up a very scared, angry, hurt girl. And I can stay like that. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, after all that, you got stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Paula, yeah. you know, but no, um, because I need to take personal responsibility. I didn't like what happened to me, but I don't have to live like I don't like what happened to me today. And there's times when the enemy will come. Oh, I get the nightmares and I can hear voices. And there's sometimes you have certain smells that will take you all the way back. 
um, to those horrible days and nights. And you have to say, I have to say to myself, no, 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 no. I, I, that's not who I am anymore. You know, those days are gone, and I get to choose to believe that the power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living in me. And um, the, the, the key underlying note in this whole thing for me is the only person I can fix is me, and that's being right with the Lord. Um, and so that's what I'm resolving to do. You know, we and we all do it, but but it's the height of arrogance, spiritual arrogance, to blame somebody else for your condition. Um, my husband isn't nice. Uh, my parents didn't love me. Um, I got a I got a jerk for a boss. Um, every man in my life has abused me. Those kind of things. Um, while, while all of those are real situations, mm-hmm. Jesus, if we let him, takes our hand and walks us through and away from those things. That's the important thing, and away from those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And yet, whenever we look at what somebody else is doing, um, I always call that the work of the unholy spirit, because the Holy Spirit's always knocking on the door of our hearts and doing everything that he can to get us to look at our own lives. Um, a lot of bad things happen to people in this world. We live in a bad world. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is, always has been, always will be the answer to those bad things. It doesn't mean they're not going to happen. It just means that he takes your hand and walks you through and away from those bad things. But if we're focused on the people that caused us the pain, then we stay right in the middle of all of that junk and nothing ever gets better. So that's why he said... Um, 2019 has got to be a year where we look in. Mm-hmm. God will only talk to us about us. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we've had especially women over the years come to us say, well, you know, God speaks to me and he told me that my husband is this, my husband's that. And, and uh, you know, it, it causes her to move away from That's not God. That's the unholy spirit. So um, I hope that I'm glad that made sense to you. Yeah, it made a lot of sense to me. So look in. And when I find myself looking out, um, I need to remember, what am I recognizing in them that's so bad, that's so different? Or maybe I'm recognizing it in someone else because that's exactly who I am. And so looking in. So, uh, and then, you know, get serious about pursuing personal holiness. I think I'm, I'm doing okay there, but the throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, um, that was number two. Number three, learn to be content. I think I'm pretty content. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty content. But number four, resolve to learn and live doctrine. And I know the word pretty okay, but I could do a lot better. Um, and so uh, doctrine, you say said it cleanses, then changes you as it is a mirror to your soul. It makes you strong. Here's the one I don't really care for. You have to exercise self-discipline. Sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) you know, not saying something or not doing something. Um, Whether it's a little thing or a big thing, whether it's, you know, everything is important to Jesus. So I want to be more self-disciplined. And in doing that, my note, underlying note, is God wants to speak to me. Yeah. You know, Paula, we, and we we spoke about this in another context completely today. Um, it is a tragedy, uh, an ongoing, never-ending tragedy, that Christians come to church, most of the times we bring our Bible, and that's the last interaction we have with our Bible to church next week. Uh, doctrine matters. Uh, it's not just for theologians. It's not just for pastors. Doctrine matters. We we don't know our value to God unless we're in the Word of God. We don't know what God's plan for us is unless we're in the Word of God. It is impossible to be a fruitful Christian apart from being in the Word of God. We're starting Hebrews, and one of the, the, the warnings to Hebrews is, look, you guys ought to be teachers by now, but you're still spiritual babies mm-hmm. craving the milk of the Word. Mm-hmm. And it's basically Paul, I think Paul the author, is saying, look, grow up to, to, to 
to have this treasure, this, this, this man Jesus, available to us every day, and not know how to approach him, to keep treating him like he's a complete stranger, to say things like, well, you know, if, if God loved me, these bad things wouldn't happen. If you're in your Bible, you'd never make a, a, a remark like that. Yeah. And unfortunately, we just don't have any attention, uh, pay any attention to doctrine. Um, we try to get a word at church, and then we try to make it the rest of the week on our own. Uh, and unfortunately, our our, our, our core ideas about God never change. They never mature because we don't grow in the grace and the knowledge of who he is and what he's done. Yeah. Number five. Before, before five? Uh, okay. I just saw a phone oh, call popped okay. up. So let's go to San Antonio. Terry on line one. Terry, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Well, good afternoon, Paula and Pastor Ron. Um, hey, Terry. Hi, Terry. Yay. It's a beautiful day. And it listen, is. I was reading the paper. I'm one of the few people like you, Pastor Ron, I think you probably read the paper in one form or another. But uh, I cut this out and uh, give it to Pastor Ron. Uh, and uh, it, it was from a nationally syndicated columnist for the Washington Post. And I won't mention the name of the, the, the article, but um, the question kept, especially after this time of year, and years ago this situation came up, uh, for me, and, and I, I thought, you know what, so many people may be going through this after Christmas and the holidays and Thanksgiving, etc. And the question was to the, to the columnist, I rejected Sam years ago in favor of Aaron. Aaron and I are newly divorced after 25 years of marriage and three kids. Sam says he's staying in his marriage for the sake of his only son, who is 21 and finishing school. In my opinion, he stays married because the finances work out better that way. Now that I'm divorced, Sam wants to see me, and I have refused his advances. If I hadn't, didn't want to see him, there'd be no problem. Alas, I do. Please provide a long list of reasons. Seeing Sam is an awful idea. Thank you. Someone signed someone who wants to not want Sam. Pretty much the one-line answer, and there's more to it, was the first line. You obviously want to satisfy your curiosity about Sam, so do it. That, that's where I'll leave it. Anyone who's read this article or has gone through something of this nature, uh, would that be your advice? Well, not not, the, not the, the the author of the of the, no, the article, I Terry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know your answer. Again, I, I've looked at it years ago, and I, I, you know, and so good for me that that way. But I was pretty surprised when I read that one line. Just go for it. Just go for it. You know? Yeah. Uh, and was, you know, Terry, uh, so many the world, yeah, the the world apart from Christ, you know, they they think, well, I, I've got to be happy to be happy. I have to have what I want, um, so I'm going to go get what I want. That's the counsel that's being given. But but in, in that whole description, uh, it it's all about this person. It's 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 me, me, me. What do I want? What what was I going through? What do I think is right? And as Christians, one of the things that we really have to settle our minds and our hearts on is that what we want or what we think doesn't matter at all. And that's one of the reasons it fits in very nicely to this conversation about doctrine. You can't live what you don't know. And and, and the reason the, the world is pursuing these these false hopes of happiness is because they don't know anything else. Well, tomorrow will be better. Next year will be better. Um, when in reality you look back at your track record and things haven't gotten better, if you know the Word of God, I'm not requiring that anybody become a Bible scholar, but if you know who He is, if you know what He's done, if you know how much He loves you, and if you know He's in charge, that pretty much settles all these issues, don't you think, Paul? I do. You know, looking back, she might have had an interest or he had an interest at one time, and now... Ooh, I'm interested again. Maybe we, you know, it's just, it sounds like just teenage fling kind of thing. And so, yeah, just knowing your word where the Lord says, you know, you're married. Let no man come between you and live for me. Don't live for yourself. Live for me. Be like, follow Jesus. Don't follow the way of the world. It's not going to satisfy. Yeah, and living for us, Paula. Um, 
has always gotten us in trouble. <laughs> There's moments of happiness. When something's new, it's exciting. That's why uh, men and women both go online and mm -hmm. have these re life-revealing conversations on a keyboard with people uh, and end up leaving their spouse to go meet and with somebody. And their kids and yeah. their fam the rest of their family, and it's just... And, and then they say, well, you know, it's not my fault. I just fell in love. I couldn't help it. Well, you walked into it. Yeah. You and, could help it. You could have just said no. Yeah. Uh, again, that's, that's, again, if you know who Jesus is yeah. Yeah. and what he's done, yeah. then you know you have the obligation. The, the earlier point you said you were doing okay is pursuing holiness. Uh, and, and that's just, that's not, that's not Paula, by the way, anybody out there thinking, not her thinking, well, she's all that. Oh, no. It's just that when you're with Jesus, yeah. that's the direction you're going. When you leave Jesus, you're going in the other direction. That's worldliness. Mm -hmm. And... Um, uh, pursuing holiness is just being with Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Terry. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Well, good answer. Thank you so much. And there were a lot of eyes in that article that you mentioned. Yeah, there that. were. Uh -huh. I, I just counted a bunch. So, yeah. uh, oh dear. Thanks so much for yeah. the answer. Yeah. Okay, Terry. Good. God bless. Your personal pronouns are never good. Yeah. When I'm writing a letter or texting, I am so aware of that. Sometimes I will just. No, that's too much of you in there, Paula. You need to just get down and out of there. <laughs> and praise the Lord, I'm either texting or emailing so I can read it before I send it. It's like, oh, man, Lord, let me pray. And then you write the text or you write the next email and because it, sometimes you get too much of yourself in there. Yeah. So um, number five, you know, um, stop judging other people. Um, and I wrote myself a note. Paula, don't judge yourself better than anyone at all. Legalism kills. And, you know, again, the way I was raised, I became very legalistic, trying to be a rule follower, a rule follower to the T. And so because I became a rule follower, everybody else should, just like, you know. And so um, that's, that's one where I was convicted. Um, <laughs> That's almost like setting yourself up. You know, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Yeah. Well, the legalist says, no, just follow me. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really good about that, too, as far as I tell the people, follow me as I follow Christ, but you know the difference. And so if you know I'm not following Christ, come tell me, but you go follow Christ, and the the, the Lord will convict me, and I'll, I'll get right eventually. But don't follow me if I'm not following Christ. So I don't try to set myself up. Um, if anything, sometimes I'm a little bit too over the top putting myself down, and I need to watch that as well because both <laughs> ways is still arrogance or pride. I'm so glad you said that. Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't do number eight. Well, number six is get healthy, stay healthy. I'm trying to do that. I need to work on that. Serve and give. I'm pretty good there. Have joy every day, irregardless of the circumstances. Don't be critical, cynical, and skeptical. Well, I I'm working on that, too. <laughs> but that's not one I even put down. Number nine is the other one. Yeah. But one, one thing I said last night in the message, and I don't remember exactly where, but but um, we, we need to be people other people want to be around. Yeah. Yeah, and you did say that. That was on the radio yesterday. Oh, there's radio mm -hmm. yesterday? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the idea there is we don't want to be cynical or mistrustful of people. Um, because who wants to be around a cynic? Yeah. You know, sarcasm um, occasionally is funny. But more often it's biting and hurtful. And nobody wants to be around those kind of people. Mm -hmm. So um, ha having joy is is pretty important if you want to influence people for Christ. Yeah, yeah. It's not fun to be around anybody who's um, just always complaining, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, cynical and critical, always looking for the bad, you know. So, um, so I want to have joy every day. And, you know, it's been cold. But I've been thinking, like I said this morning, at least there's no mosquitoes. Trying to find something, Pastor Ron, you know, to be... See, now you're convicting me. Oh, wretched man that I am. <laughs> Who can deliver me from this body? Because I've been complaining about the cold weather. What did I say? May, come, hurry up, May. I wanted to be May. 
<laughs> Praise the Lord, we got a fireplace and we have a, what it was some things heating pad. So we're good, Pastor Ron. I'll throw your robe and your socks in the dryer. You're gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right, baby. <laughs> but have joy every day, irregardless of the circumstances. But here's the other one. Uh, for me, I, I wrote think, down another. I, I'm sorry. I think you were just looking out instead of in. <laughs> You, you were trying to convict me, make me feel guilty. <laughs> I was not. I have all my own things that I complain about. So don't be critical, cynical, skeptical, um, but have joy every day. And that, I'm talking to myself. You know, you said in the first one, I can only fix me. <laughs> and when you were talking about that on the radio today, yesterday, you know, you know that the only person you can fix is you. And so... You know, if, if you're complaining a little bit about the cold weather, I'm just going to walk away from you because I don't want to be around you at that time. Okay, so no. Jesus, Never. fix the cold weather. <laughs> Quit it. Fix the cold weather, Lord. He's saying, let me fix you. <laughs> some of my, He says some of his people like cold weather, baby. So we just... But they're so wrong. <laughs> let me move on, please. <laughs> oh, I love you, but you are crazy. Okay, number nine. Resolve never to quit, not for a day, even for an hour. Perseverance matters. Run the race marked out for me. You know, and my other, besides R-E-S-L-O-V-E, resolve, <laughs> my other word is reboot. And so um, if anybody, and I'm, I'm talking to myself too, if anybody feels like, you know, I've just had it. I, I, I'm done, you know. This, this marriage isn't getting better. Um, my kids are a mess, and, you know, I'm done talking to them. Or, or that boss of mine, I'm just going to quit, you know, even though the Lord, you haven't asked the Lord about that. Um, just for a day, for an hour, if, if you're there already, and we know that perseverance matters, um, it's time to reboot. It's time to reboot, you know. Unplug from the, the, the power source of me and plug back into the power source of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. In our early years here, how many times did you want to quit? I don't think I, more than the number of my fingers and toes put together. <laughs> <laughs> but, but see, that's the thing. We, we quit because it's hard. Yeah. Or we quit because it doesn't meet our expectations. We get a picture in our mind of what following Jesus is going to be like. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'm going to be happy, going to have a f- church full of people. Mm-hmm. We're going to serve God. We're going to be fruitful. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't happen that way or when it doesn't happen as quickly yeah. as we think it's going to happen, mm-hmm. the enemy is always there mm-hmm. saying, well, you know, quit. Mm-hmm. God didn't send you here. Mm-hmm. If God sent you here, it would have been better. Paula, think about the things that we would have missed out on. Had oh, we for quit. sure. Uh, Ron, I was cleaning filthy apartments. In some apartments, the trash in every room was taller than I am. The ferret apartment with all the fleas in the carpet. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> when I opened that one refrigerator and maggots and stuff flew out, it just, bleh, you know, um, I remember saying, because I'm in the apartments alone with all these animals, critters, and smells, and trash, saying, I'm the pastor's wife. I'm the, I didn't sign up for this. This is not how it's supposed to look. <laughs> you know? And I was thinking, no way. And just mad, you know, and I would come, like people have heard this before, well, somehow, I would come back to the apartment, and you had, you've just taken your shower, and you smell like baby powder and Old Spice, <laughs> and I am, under my fingernails, is just filth. You know, I'm sweaty, I'm dirty. I can, on my jeans, I can take my fingernail and get the gunk, you know, and, and, and here you are all nice smelling and stuff. I was like, this is, I'm saved first. <laughs> this I'm the fair. precious one, you know, and you want to ask me how I'm doing, and I just want to say, just shut up, you know, get away from me. And I was and go out back outside and say, Lord, this is not fair. And then when he asked me to pick up dog poop in the in the grounds, other people's, <laughs> these are just a few of the times I wanted to quit, Pastor Ron. <laughs> I got a list. And yet, you know, I, the, that the, man that came to the door and said, because they allowed me to put 
Calvary Chapel San Antonio flyers in the filthy apartments that I was cleaning. It sometimes would take me days to get through just the garbage. And the guy said, I was going to commit suicide, but I saw this flyer. You know, um, is, this, is the pastor here? Yes, he is. He's the one that smells so good. And I'm leaving to go back to this other apartment because there's some ferrets and fleas waiting for me. But, yeah. But see, that was one, and, and, you know, we've always had a relationship that, that we could correct each other. Um, the, the, the fact that we love each other is, is, is tested and trusted. And, and there were times when I would say to you, Paula, this is just God working on your heart. He's preparing you for the things that lie ahead. Yeah. And, and if you quit, you miss those things. Yeah. And now we can look back and say, wow, sure glad we didn't quit. And those things are just now great testimonies. They're not painful stories at all. They're just great testimonies of the faithfulness of, of God. God. Not the faithfulness of Paula. Oh, faithfulness no, because I was on my way back to California <laughs> yeah. a couple times. <laughs> but that's just the way it is. Paula, we're inside. Well, we just hit one minute. So what do you want to finish with today? Well, I want 2019 to be a better year, not so much for me, but that Jesus will smile more because of me. That's a good picture. Yep. Give dates of the Women's Retreat one more time. Sure. March 7th through the 9th, 2019 at Camp Buckner in Burnett, Texas. I love saying that. And um, all ladies are welcome. Again, we'll, we'll start in earnest um, advertising because we don't want anybody to miss out. You can start making payments right away, and Pastor Ronald will announce this. Don't let money keep you from going. <laughs> God bless you. Hey, thank you for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 Word. See you then. God bless. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.